0: Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. Oh, this is a fun one. It's a great update. I'm excited to share how... My solo cleaning business grew by $20,000 this past week as I teach art trumps science. All right, let's crank this episode up. I urge you to listen to this episode at least twice. The first time through, just listen. Put down your vacuum cleaner, your sponge, or whatever you're doing at the time, and just listen to this one. And then the second time through, do it at your desk or in front of a notebook and take a few notes. If you listen really good, you're going to hear one of my biggest secrets in how I specialize and separate from the masses of other cleaning companies out there. How does Ken do it? This episode is going to give you tremendous insight. Let's roll. In last week's episode, Play Powerball with Your Business, I shared how I received five referrals through my new local network that has been generating bouncing and momentum from those ping pong balls, as I mentioned in the Lotto machine, the Powerball machine. Well, the first of those five referrals was from James Hardy, a good friend of mine and local carpet cleaner. Well, check this out. That lead converted this week into a brand new office cleaning client. And this client is a school. It's different than other ones that I've worked for in the past. Moving into the veterinary hospital as a new client a few years ago was a new niche of offices that I started cleaning. Well, I've never cleaned a school on a regular basis. And there's a different level of accountability requirements that I had to take care of. So let me just share a few of those things, a few of the hoops I had to run through or jump through. First of all, I needed to go beyond adding them as a certificate holder on my general liability policy. Okay, I'm not going to get in the weeds here, but the general liability policy that I have... Is $2 million. And this is what I recommend for all cleaning services a minimum of $2 million of per year aggregate coverage for your business. And on my proposals, I offer new prospective clients that they can be added as a certificate holder. Essentially, all this is is a proof of insurance that my client can hang on to and it shows. Here's Ken's company, here's his insurance, the proof of it. My agent will just email them and mail a hard copy of my insurance so they have proof that they can show. This does not cost me anything extra. It's a nice touch, and there are definitely some businesses that would like to be added as a certificate holder. And the name of that business physically gets written on your policy. Okay, this school requests and required something greater than that. It's called additionally insured. What that means is my policy covers me in general across all of my clients. But there are certain clients that require a specific added insurance for them alone. This is called additionally insured. And I do have to physically increase my policy and increase my coverage, which increases my price. Now, my current policy of $2 million costs me about a $500 annual premium. So this new client, this school was going to cost me an additional $50 roughly. So is it worth it? Uh, let's look at the numbers. $500 per month for the new client times 12, that's $6,000 per year. And I'll invest $50 in additional insurance to get $6,000. What do you guys think? Okay, let's move on. It's an expense. Another thing that I had to jump through the hoop with this school is I had to coordinate a cleaning time with the school and their weekend janitor to let me into the building. Now, it's a unique situation where the school is a Christian school, but it's very large. And the company that I'm working for, they work with autistic children and they rent out a couple classrooms and a couple bathrooms in a giant school. So I needed to coordinate with the manager of the school that I'm working for, my client directly, and the large Christian school janitor directly. Essentially, I had to pick a set time that I would go every Saturday and they would come let me in. So it was setting up to kind of be a little inconvenient. It wasn't ideal. So let me just tell you how this worked out really good. It's kind of a spoiler alert. Here's what I prayed for. I said, Lord, please let this school trust me to give me a set of keys. Now, this was unheard of as they don't typically give keys to any outside contractors, only to the school direct staff and the tenants. So when I requested this, They said, well, we can try, Ken, and see what happens, but likely you're going to be meeting up with the janitor and you'll have a set time. I said, okay, no problem. Well, guess what? They okayed me and got me a set of keys. It was awesome. And here's why that's awesome. Because when I do offices on the weekend, this was officially number four now on a Saturday. I love the opportunity to clean any time over the weekend the freedom of that if it's every week the exact same times I have to be there at eight o'clock every Saturday but what if I want to go away for the weekend with my family well I could come back on Sunday morning and clean on Sunday I could also clean Friday night and have Saturday and Sunday free so the flexibility and the freedom is what I was looking for so this was huge all right that's the second hoop the third hoop is where we start digging into the title of this episode. We're going to talk about some science before we get into art. So as I mentioned, the school has autistic children as students. Now, I know autism. My uncle's autistic. I have some friends that with autistic children. I know autistic children especially like to play on the ground, roll around, and they will be touching their face probably frequently and this is a bad recipe for COVID-19 as we know that the droplets release from our mouth and nose and they fly through the air up to six feet and then they land on surfaces and we always talk about well let's disinfect all the surfaces do you know the surface that's the most neglected and the least thought of the floors listen everyone loud and clear it's so important If you're trying to avoid contamination from building to building or if you're out shopping in a grocery store and you're worried about touching stuff, it's not the grocery shelves that are the big problem. Although they are a problem, it's the floors you're walking on. Your shoes and everyone else's shoes are touching everywhere and they're tracking wherever you go. That's why we recommend that if you're a service provider, wear Separate shoes, disinfect those shoes on the bottoms before you enter. Wear the booties. If you're coming home, take your shoes off of the door, disinfect them. It's important to do the floors. So that was a little side note, but we are digging into some science. So back to the school, disinfecting the classrooms and the floors was going to be vital at this school because of the staff and the students being on the floor more than an average school. And there's mats. You know, play mats, wrestling mats that are in various rooms that the kids can literally roll around on. Now, the manager that hired me, her name is Becky. I was very impressed with Becky's knowledge of disinfection. She knew her stuff and she had ordered a really good product, which is food safe. It's skin safe. You can handle it without PPE, which is the gloves or the mask. Because it's safe. You don't have to wipe it with a final step. It can just be sprayed and dry and be okay if someone touches it or if a food came in contact with it. Now, I still recommend cleaning it after, but it's still safe. It's a great product. And she asked me, hey, Ken, can we use this product for our floors? Now, here's what I know about science. And I taught the nine mistakes in disinfection. I believe number eight was don't damage surfaces. And here's what I told her. I said, well, let me look this up. And I did my research, and I found that this product, as impressive as it was across all spectrums of what I look at to classify a good solid disinfecting Product, go back to my nine mistakes in disinfection to learn about those. This was an outstanding choice for their classrooms, for their tables, for their light switches and doorknobs, for their microwaves and refrigerators, for all those high touch surfaces. But it was not a good choice for their floors. And I told Becky why. And I said, Becky, this product has a pH chemically of nine. That is just above neutral and it's slightly alkaline. A nine doesn't sound like a lot, but it's more than eight. Matter of fact, it's 10 times more than eight and it's a hundred times more alkaline than a seven. So here's the problem we're running into. James Hardy, our mutual friend, did a fantastic job cleaning, waxing, and buffing these VCT or vinyl composition tile floors. And... Just as a side, these type of floors are often found in schools and supermarkets. These floors get super shiny and look awesome. And that's because these floors are finished and buffed. And the products they use are typically made from a polymer, which is essentially a plastic. And I know that plastics like this, especially a softer plastic that would be part of a floor finish, is... Subject and damaged by alkaline pH solutions. Now, what do I mean by damaged? Here's what would happen if I used their product on these new shiny resurfaced floors. You would not notice anything on the first time. But after 10-15 applications to the shiny floor, you would notice a doling. And eventually, the surface finish would melt off in a way. This would cause the school to have to hire Jim again to reapply the floor finish. And it would make him do this service more often, which costs more to the school. So they don't want to have to do that. Although the product would disinfect the floor, it would cost them more. And that's not good. In fact, check this out. Do you know that when a guy that does floor refinishing like James Hardy, he doesn't just do a new layer of this polymer wax on top of the old. Before he can put a layer of floor finish down, he has to remove the old layer. And the way that you get rid of the old layer is by using a floor stripper. And if you look up, which I did, Floor Stripper has a pH It's very, very alkaline at a 10 to a 14. So if you use a 10 to 14 and that will completely remove the floor finish, you can probably now begin to understand that a pH of 9 would slowly remove it. Because remember that the pH scale is logarithmic. A 10 is 10 times stronger than a 9. An 11 is 100 times stronger than a nine and so on. I did confer with James Hardy on this and he agreed that we need to get a different disinfectant to achieve the goal of keeping the kids and staff safe as they were on the ground and most likely touching their face, but also to protect the floor surface. So I asked a good friend of mine, Mark Lineberry at Universal Janitorial Services, and here's what he recommended to me. I had never heard of this product. It's called Mat Pro. Now, they developed it for a scenario with schools and mats in like, you know, a wrestling sport where they're on the mats. Well, this is a product that disinfects the mats and it keeps the uh, VCT floors and the mats. It doesn't damage them, but it's neutral and it's also food safe and it's very comparable to the one that Becky already had, except it was neutral. That was the only major difference. And that was the difference that they needed. So I recommended that product. They ordered it. And here's what happened. The school trusted me more. They trusted my expertise more. And they were very excited for me to start cleaning. Because if I did all of this to help them before I started cleaning, imagine how good I was going to be as a cleaner. So the science that I used to help this school develop a disinfection protocol that would work in all scenarios for the the above-the-floor areas, the food areas, and the floors itself. That was very important. And so is understanding the science. It's vital. It really is. And it's the first way to separate yourself or to set you apart from the basic cleaning service. And I'm going to explain the three levels of cleaning in this episode. So just hang tight. Let's go to some more examples. That was the first new client in the $20,000 week. Here comes number two. Another lead from last week was Mike Thompson of Envoy Mortgage from my MCBA group. Now, Mike, this is really cool. He's a mortgage advisor. Now, yes, does he sell mortgages as products? Yes, but Mike... Has a different approach. He's a go giver. He takes a holistic approach to each and every person that contacts them. He works with them on the total package, on their overall financial goals, and helps them calculate different scenarios and which product or products would be the best solution for them. And he doesn't try and pitch them or sell them. These people develop so much trust for Mike that they essentially beg him to sell them a mortgage. And that's when you know you're doing it right. When you develop so much trust and you're just serving someone, they say, okay, so how can I get this mortgage from you? It's a natural solution when you're not selling, but serving. So Mike is an expert at this. Well done, Mike. And Mike also has great taste in cleaning services. How do I know? Because he hired me. Yay. This is number two uh, new client of the week. He responded to an estimate where if you remember from the last episode, he was reading my newsletters, already knew me from the, the group, trusted me. But as he was reading my newsletters, he saw how much I understood science. And he thought, wow, this guy knows his stuff. I like him. I trust him. I really would like to get him over my house for an estimate. Well, that turned out really well. So he hired me for a biweekly house cleaning and I can't wait to get that started. So shout out to Mike. Thank you for hiring me. And that is client number two for the week of my $20,000 week. Here comes number three, my buddy, Steven Hunsberger from my local chamber of commerce he is on my newsletter as well. Well, he forwarded one of my newsletters to a friend of his in the chamber who owns an IT business locally. And this guy, his name is Chris, he liked my content a lot and he wanted to get prices for office cleaning. When I went and talked to him on the estimate, he explained to me that they had a cleaning lady that he was using for his house and his office, but he did didn't think that his employees would want to stick with her as they came back to the office in this new post-COVID world. And he wanted to upgrade to a professional company. In other words, he wanted a level two and above company with insurance and expertise in disinfecting. And to be completely honest, what Chris shared with me is that he really wanted to have great optics of what hiring someone of my caliber would do for his team and the trust that they would feel coming into their office knowing that it was absolutely disinfected and cleaned properly. Especially knowing that his team were mostly young folks in their late 20s, early 30s, newly married, young kids at home. So they don't want to get I mean, no one wants to get coronavirus, but especially families with young babies at home. I get that. I have little little guys as well. So as I was talking to Chris at the estimate, I explained the three levels of cleaning. And I really had never thought of it the way that I explained it to him. And when I got out of that building, I broke open my Evernote and wrote down the three levels knowing this would be a future podcast. So here's how I explained it to him. I said that most cleaners, the majority, the masses, they do the basics Show up, they clean, they dust, they clean some glass, they vacuum, they mop. That's the basics of cleaning. Every company better be doing that. And they also, in the basics, need to be stinking insured, a legit company. We've talked about that at length in this podcast. That's the basics. That's level one. You're not separating from the masses right there much. But let me show you, and here's what I told Chris. The next level is to add the science of cleaning. And that is understanding what dirt is, how to clean the dirt properly, and then how to disinfect those surfaces properly that have just been cleaned. Again, this is level two. And I explained to Chris even further that you want a level two, which is more than the level one you're currently getting now. And I said, now hiring a level two cleaner is going to cost more than a level one. He nodded his head and knew that was the case. I went on to explain that there's a top level, or a level three, called presentation cleaning. I explained to him the real estate example that I use often. A prospective home buyer shows up at a house. Are they logical and rational? Sure. But they're overwhelmingly emotional. And what makes their decision on a specific house? You know what? When you really understand this, It's just kind of frustrating, but it's true. It's the first impressions. It's so true for so many things. The first impressions of those houses is what makes or breaks the sale. It really does. What do they see in the first five seconds? What should be sparkling and shining and smelling good that is or that isn't? Those make a huge difference. I explained this mindset to Chris and how this is the art, knowing what. Creates separation and knowing how to sell through the emotional buyer. Or, in the case of my buddy Tom McKee, who I shared in another previous episode, he's a financial planner at Edward Jones and he wants to attract a very high level of client, you know, coming in the front door suit and tie with a million dollars plus to add to a new portfolio. That's what Tom would love to see. And he needs to impress those people. Tom is literally the best dressed guy that I know. And as good as he dresses and as nice as his office was to impress his prospective clients, I showed him a dozen or so items that did not create a strong first impression at the front entrance, at the reception desk, in the waiting room. And those things that I recommended has helped his business. That is the art of cleaning. Now back to Chris. He totally got it when I explained this to him. And here's what he said. He looked over at the glass because there was a wall of windows. And he said, oh, like making this glass really sparkle. And I said, absolutely. That's exactly right. I told him that the art gives an emotional response and it makes the office present really well. And then we went into the kitchen and. And I showed him something cool. He had, it was a small kitchen counter space and everything was smushed together. He had the whole coffee maker over there and the dishwashing tray. And I said, let me give you an example. We need to move this coffee maker out of this kitchen because he had a separate break area that was in a different room. I said, "If what if we could create a separate space for this coffee and open up more counter space because your employees are getting things out of the fridge. They have nowhere to put on the counter. It's all taken up. And by creating space and taking some clutter out, it's going to look better. It's going to present better. When it cleans, it's going to clean better. It totally connected with Chris. And he said, thank you so much. I'm going to get on this right away. And he did. He moved the entire coffee setup up to a different room. And it does look a ton better. Now, I don't normally rearrange kitchens on office estimates. It just surfaced in this conversation because we were talking about the three levels of cleaning. But in this case... Chris was very thankful, and it raised the level of trust he had in my experience and expertise. Are you seeing the three levels? The first level, the basic cleaner, and the basic legitimacy of your business. Level two, the science of cleaning. Level three, the art of cleaning. And here's how I wrapped up the conversation with Chris. As important as the science is, art trumps science every time. This is so important, and I don't want anyone to miss it. As I said before in the intro, go back and listen to this episode again, or three times if you need to, and I want you to really see how I've been able to separate from the basic pool of cleaners with my expertise in the science of cleaning, and then how I further separate my company from the science experts with my knowledge and experience in the art of presentation cleaning and first impressions. Here is the beautiful thing. The more you separate and the more you niche yourself in specialized knowledge, the higher the demand for your services and thus the higher your prices. That is how client number three happened because I got that proposal out to Chris on Friday and within two hours I got a yes. Woo! I was so excited. And that brought our new... Recurring annual revenue in one week up $20,000. That was so exciting. And all three of these new clients found me and chose me because they were looking for the science of cleaning. They were looking for the level two or above cleaner. And each of them paid more than they would have or have in the past for a typical level one cleaner. Do you see it? I want you to really see it. I'm a three-dimensional cleaner. Do you see all three dimensions? I hope you do. That's why I say that as much as science is important, art trumps science. Have an incredible day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.